Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. So tonight we're going to take up our one-day offering at the end of the meeting, but I want to talk to you, I kind of want to combine that with kind of this theme that I've been working on over the last couple of weeks. And last week I spoke about not being weary, doing good. Uh, today I want to talk to you about your cutting edge. And I want to talk to you tonight about not losing your cutting edge. But if you've lost it, how to actually get it back again. Come on, who knows that God wants you and I to live on the cutting edge. And 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 to 6, kind of gives us this really powerful idea about someone who lost their cutting edge. You know, I think it's easy in life to lose your cutting edge. You know, so many priorities, so many challenges, so many things that you and I have to deal with on a daily basis, it can be so easy to lose your cutting edge in ministry, to lose your cutting edge in serving God, to lose your cutting edge in generosity, to lose your cutting edge in putting God first in some of the responsibilities uh, in life. You know, there's so many different demands that you and I have to face on a regular basis. Sometimes it can get so easy just to be murky in those responsibilities. And you know, really... The idea of living on the cutting edge is really the idea of actually cutting through. You see, all of us in the kingdom of God, we've been called to cut through. Come on, who knows the message of Jesus Christ is a message that can actually cut through in today's generation? There are so many voices that are out there. There are so many people that speak loudly but have really got nothing to say. But the reality is the kingdom of God has the power to cut through depression has the power to cut through hurt, has the power to cut through some of the challenges that you and I face throughout life. It is the message of the cross. I love what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart, Nothing in all creation is hidden in God's sight. Everything is uncovered, laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give account. I love the way the Message Bible puts it. It says, God means what he says, and what he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. You know, one of the reasons why our missions program has cut through is because it's actually based on the Word of God. It cuts through poverty. It cuts through hopelessness. It cuts through some of the things that people have been unable to find answers for. See, our missions program is not just based on really good social ideas. It's actually based on the Word of God. You look at the way that God dealt with His people in the Old Testament. Many times He dealt with them by just cutting directly into the heart of the matter. You know, you look at the Israelites, how they were tied up in, his, in, uh, in Egypt for many, many years. And Pharaoh just gave them so much red tape that they had to push through. But we see God just releasing that. You know, religion is red tape, but Christianity is actually, actually cutting through that red tape. And what we see here is that we see, as, you know, as God parts the Red Sea, we just get this idea of just parting through, cutting through so that the Israelites can actually walk straight to their destiny. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about this, about sharpening our axe and make sure that we are on the cutting edge. I mean, Ecclesiastes, 
chapter 10 and verse 10 says, If the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. If the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. What's he saying? He's saying, well, skillful people can work with a blunt axe, but it's going to require a lot of effort and a lot of skill. The original translation says, if the iron is dull and he has not honed its edge, he will exert great effort and the advantage. And the advantage. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about getting the advantage. Let me say this. God wants you and I to live on the cutting edge. He wants you and I to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that it's not just being feel good on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, He can put you on the cutting edge of influence. He can put you on the cutting edge of generosity. He can put you on the cutting edge in all the other spheres of life. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 to 6, is this just quirky little story in the Word of God. And when you kind of read it first glance, you kind of go, that's unusual that it's there. But I think there is something there that we can learn about not losing our cutting edge. And it says this, The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, where each of us can get a pole. And let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, Go. And then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. And then they went to the Jordan. They began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried, it was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. You know, church, what's interesting about this passage is that he loses his edge while he is doing the work of God. He's not doing anything that is ungodly. He's not doing anything that is not right. He's out there serving and being obedient. He's wanting to build a house for the prophets. And yet in that process, he loses his cutting edge. They were working to house this community, to build a place of permanence, to build a place where these guys can thrive and grow. You know, Israel, in reality, they needed a prophetic ministry to keep them on track. And Elisha, with the company of prophets, had grown. Their ministry was effective. Their ministry was powerful. They were doing things. They were shaping nations. And in the midst of all the good work, we see a guy giving it his best effort, but he loses his cutting edge. And something went wrong. The axe head flew out of his hand and landed in the water. Maybe he didn't tighten it. Maybe he didn't fasten it correctly. Who knows? You know, I find in ministry things often go wrong that you and I can't plan. You know, I think one of the big misconceptions is, you know, what did I do wrong for this thing to happen in my life? Many times in life you're doing everything right, but then things actually go wrong. And things happen that we don't expect. Things happen accidentally. No one knows why the axe head fell off. It just happened. And this story is kind of a funny little story. You kind of read it and you go, oh, that's interesting. I've never seen that before. But many times in serving and in giving, there are things that often don't go to plan. I was serving. I was giving my best and things fell apart. I was sowing in. I was trying to make things happen. And all of a sudden things happened that I didn't expect. I remember years ago when Planet Shakers first started and it started in our church 
uh, in, in Adelaide. And um, back in those days, you know, we had it at the church and we're trying to raise money for it and to, you know, fund certain things. And so we were cooking and making chips and hamburgers and things like that and to generate money for this particular ministry. You know, back then, I think Shakers was like five bucks a head. And so, you know, it was trying to meet that particular financial gap. And so I was in charge of the catering. And so uh, I was out there working away in the catering van. And, uh, you know, there was a day that came that, uh, you know, a couple in the church came to us. They said, oh, we built a catering van. Uh, you know, do you want to use it? We're thinking, oh, this is fantastic. You know, we can use a catering van. And they brought this van in, this big kind of uh, oversized caravan it looked like. It was all done up. And there was, uh, you know, there was, uh, uh, you know, uh, chip fries in there and barbecue you know, things, and everything was set up, and they were, this is fantastic. And we were thinking, mate, God is so good. The blessing of God is so fantastic. We'll be able to make more hamburgers that will be able to pay the kids to go to Planet Shakers. And so we started cooking these burgers. We shut up shop for the first afternoon, and we had the afternoon sessions. And as of the moment we closed the hamburger van, we're sitting in the meeting. Next minute, my good friend Cameron Bennett starts running up down the center aisle of the Shakers meeting saying the hamburger van's on fire, the hamburger van's on fire. I said, what do you mean the hamburger van's on fire? He goes, the hamburger van's on fire. The, pr the preacher gets up and he starts preaching. He goes, you know, I smell smoke and it's not holy smoke. There's something going on here. We had to run outside. The next minute there were flames coming out of the hamburger van. The whole thing was on fire. We had to get the fire brigade down there. And uh, they put it out. I'm thinking maybe one of the volunteers forgot to turn one of the fries off. Maybe one of our guys had messed up, but we found there was actually faulty wiring and there was something faulty that was going on in the van. But I just remember thinking, I have done all the right things. God, why have you punished me with a hamburger van that is caught on fire? Many times in ministry, many times in serving God, just because you serve him doesn't mean that everything is going to line up in the right direction. Just because you, you give it your best shot, that not everything is going to land the way that you and I want it to land. And I think sometimes we can lose our cutting edge when our expectations aren't met. Or when the things that we were hoping for, the dreams and the promises of God that we thought would happen if we just did this that God asked us to do that it would all fall into place. I think we have to be careful that we don't get this type of transactional relationship with God. That if I do this, God, then you will do that for me. It's funny, it reverses the other way as well. I think we have our cutting edge when things go well. I think we feel like we are on the cutting edge when everything is lining up and all the things that we were hoping for would all go in the right direction. And they often... We are often uh, led into this false sense of control that we're the one who are doing it. We are the one who is in control. I was talking to a minister the other day at a conference that I was speaking in, and you know, he a, a, you know, represents a movement. And uh, he was talking about just the, the success of the movement. And uh, I asked him, I said, you know, what would you give to someone my age? What advice would you give me? And he made this very powerful statement. He said, when things go well in your ministry, don't become presumptuous. Understand you're not the one who created it, but God is the one who created it. See, when things go badly, we lose our cutting edge. We think that we are the ones who create these things. But the reality is God is the one who's able to bring blessing and favor into our world. 
It's interesting that the prophet had borrowed it because he was poor. He didn't have the resource to build the ministry that God had asked him to build. And so he did what he could. The reality is in those times, the prophets were actually among the poor of the poor. Even though they had a public voice in Israel, even though they had influence, they actually didn't have the resource and they actually didn't have the money. They had the skill, they had the anointing, they had the will and they had the passion, but they didn't have the resource. Let me just put a sidestep here when it comes to our one day offering. Let me say this, that is the reason why we give to one day. There are so many people around the world like this particular prophet. The Bible says he had to borrow the axe head. Metal in those days was very, very expensive. And so he had to borrow in order to build what God had asked him to build. But there are so many people around the world that are like this prophet. They have the skill. They have the anointing. They have the training. They just don't have the resource. Can I say this? In our one-day offering, we are the missing ingredient that will help these people do what God has called them to do. You know, many times in church life, we talk about our anointing and our vision and our mission and our calling. What about finding some of these great people around the globe that God has anointed, that God has put his hand upon, that have got a vision and are anointing? They are the gatekeepers of their nation. What about actually resourcing them to go ahead and touch the nations of the earth? That's what I love what we're doing in Nepal. We are resourcing gatekeepers of that nation in order to build churches and train leaders and to provide humanitarian aid when life gets tough over there. You often find in some of the nations that we're working in, it's not just about what we do, but it's about finding the productive, anointed, skilled, called people in those nations and saying, we are going to give you the resource so that you can do what God has called you to do. I want to show you this video uh, tonight on uh, Josh and Belinda Groves, just a couple that left Australia and started to get in there in Africa. And what they're doing right now with some of the street kids is, is absolutely amazing. Again, it's about anointing them or it's about resourcing them to do what God has called them to do. Let's just quickly have a look at this. Around six when my mom passed away. After my mom was buried, we went to the orphanage. The older brothers were in charge, so I got beaten. I felt like I wanted to like leave this place. We didn't have food, so as kids we went to town to beg for money. No one really cared if we were missing school. I would sniff clue if I was in a bad mood, but it didn't stop me from being hungry. In the streets, they can do anything, like they can beat you. People rape kids in the streets. The first time I, I met Tabohu, he had just gotten out of hospital from a knife fight where he'd been stabbed down his stomach. He struggled with boundaries. He loved to fight. He respected no one. And he had one goal for his life, and that is, I want to go to prison. 
person was created for a purpose. Rich people, poor people, kids on the street. Children need love, they need guidance. The most important things in a child's group that are not offered in orphanages. We are all about preserving families and making sure that families heal from whatever trauma that went on. They're not just learning academically, they're learning what it means to be somebody's child, how to show up somewhere on time, how to be consistent. Over many years, I began to see him soften, trust people, and be a friend to others. CPR school is different from other schools because um, they, the teachers are kind. They say he's kind, respectful, treats other kids respectfully. Tavoko is kind and grateful and respectful. How good's that, eh? Yeah. So good. You know, some of those streets were filled with street kids, and now they're just completely off the street because of what these guys are actually doing. And what I love is, you know, we've been supporting these guys for a while now, and just seeing through our one-day offerings how we can actually just see the changes that are going on there. You can pray for them. You know, you can believe in them. You can see them on the streets. Hey, you guys are doing a good job. None of that's going to make any difference other than the prayer, but also sowing into what they're actually doing, you know. And, you know, think about this couple. Both of them were actually in a high-level position. You know, one of them was in a high-level, a governmental position. They gave up everything, and they went over there, skilled, anointed, in great company, great heritage, but they need a resource. And it's amazing what God can do with the resource that you and I deliberately sow into to actually make a difference in those nations. You go back to the story, and this guy's lost his cutting edge. So he cries to the prophet. He says, I need to get it back, and if I can have the musicians to come. He says, I need to get this thing back because it was borrowed. What I love is that God can give our cutting edge back. So you can serve and you can lose it, but you can get it back. And so he comes to the prophet, and he says, I need to get this back. Will you help me 
get me back on track? Will you help me grab this thing and put it back together? And what does Elisha do? He asks him where it fell. He goes, do you remember where it fell? It's interesting, he's a prophet. He should know where the thing fell. But he's asking the guy to remember. He's asking the guy to be intentional, to know where it actually fell. He says, I lost it right over there. And there's this idea here in the Word of God, do you remember when you lost your cutting edge? Do you remember when you used to be white hot for God, but things started to change? Maybe it was in an incident. Maybe it was in a challenge. Maybe it was in an unsaid expectation. Maybe it was something that you were hoping for. But over the years, that thing never, ever unfolded. And so now you are only half of the passionate person than what you were maybe two, three, five years ago. And what does Elisha do? He does something unusual. You know what I love about the Word of God is that God always provides unusual solutions to life's problems. They're never normal. They're never on the, the, the straight path. They're always in a different scenario. They're not the way the world would deal with these situations. And so Elisha comes to him and he says, where did it fall down? And he says, it was over there. And he takes a stick and he throws it to where the axe head fell. And the Bible says that the axe head floats to the surface. The act is unusual, but the result is the same where the accent comes out from the murky waters and rises to the top. I love this idea that his cutting edge that was making this guy so effective was actually buried beneath the water. It hadn't lost itself, it was just beneath the water. I want to say this to you tonight, you haven't lost it, it's probably just buried deep beneath all the other issues of your life. You've still got it. You've still got it to be effective. You've still got it to be passionate. It's just buried. It's just swamped with other issues. God wants to bring it back to the surface. Axe heads don't belong in the bottom of the ocean. They, be, they belong on the edge of an axe handle, ready to do something effective. Your cutting edge is not meant to be at the bottom swamped with all these other issues. It's meant to be at the top. And I want to say this, every time you and I get swamped, maybe we get swamped with fear. Yeah, the Bible says that the apostles, when they were swamped with fear, they cried out to God for boldness and God gave them boldness and he put them straight back on the cutting edge. Many times throughout the word of God, when people felt they were well beyond their depth, many times in the word of God, when men and women just felt that they were well beyond their natural ability to actually get through, they cry out to God and God removes the swamping issues away from their lives so that they can actually get back on top. I want to say this to you today. You haven't lost it. It's probably just buried beneath all the other stuff that you've gone through this year. But maybe the Holy Spirit wants to float it to the service tonight so you can actually get back on track. I honestly believe that many people in life actually just live well below their potential. Well below, well below the things that God has called them to live. I don't know about you, but you know, uh, when you're younger, it's so easy to dream. It's a lot harder to dream as you get older. As you start to become aware of your own weaknesses and your own struggles and, you know, some of the things in life that you thought would come together and they actually haven't. And I think there is a danger for us to lose our expectation in God. There's a danger for us to lose our sense that God can do everything. That greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. That no matter what I go through, God can always put me back on top. 
And I want to pray for people tonight. We're going to do that later, but we're going to take up our one-day offering now. And tonight, as you would have walked in the doors, we would have given you these one-day sleeps. If you need to have one tonight, I want you to just lift up your hand and one of our ushers will get that to you. Maybe you gave this morning. You know, normally in our one-day offering, we have about half of it come in on the day and then the rest of it comes in over a week to two-week period. Uh, if I can just grab one of those slips, that'd be fantastic. If you'll see one of these slips, you see you can give tax-deductible or you can give non-tax-deductible. Tax-deductible is for all the humanitarian that stuff that we do around the globe. Uh, getting villages out of poverty, uh, building schools and so forth. The non-tax deductible stuff is for our church planting, the stuff that we are doing in order to build pastors and churches around the globe. And so you're able to do it both ways. Uh, we're going to take up that offering tonight. And uh, if you're ready to give, then I want to encourage you to do that. But maybe you want to take this home and pray about it and just really allow the Holy Spirit to stir your heart. Let me just say this. Everything that goes towards this offering will go towards the mission field. We don't take a percentage. There's none of that going on. Everything that we give goes directly to ACCI, so that is able to be distributed right around the globe. You know, last year, I think we raised over $70,000 in one day. Isn't that fantastic? Absolutely awesome. Last year, we gave over $700,000 to missions around the globe. You know, it's a core part of what we do. You know, this is what I've realized. The thing that keeps our church on the cutting edge is that we won't allow this church to be swamped with all these other issues that stops us from actually doing what God has actually called us to do. And you know, even I know that we're about to start a building fund with all the legacy build that's coming up and the wonderful things that we're doing. You know, five, six years ago when we rebuilt this auditorium, it cost us something like just under $2 million to refit this out and to demolish the old sanctuary and to rebuild it with the PA, the lights, everything. Do you know, it's interesting over that, that 18 months, I think we built it in like eight or nine months and it was fully paid within an 18 month period. You know, within that period, number one, we were able to raise just under $2 million, which is absolutely outstanding. But number two, our missions giving didn't go down, but our missions giving continued to climb. Right? We just made a decision, right? We know what we've called to do, and that is to be a lighthouse, not only to this nation, but to the nations of the world. And it's amazing how when you put God first, when you actually say, okay, Holy Spirit, I, I want you to make me, put me on the cutting edge, even with my finances. I want to be generous. I want to sow in. It's amazing how God takes care of all the other areas of your life. What does Jesus say in Matthew? Put the first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be taken care of. Amen. It's amazing. So I want you to hold your offering in your hand and we're going to pray. Father, we thank you today. What a privilege it is, God, to give into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord Jesus, God, tonight as we sow in. God, through our one-day offering, we thank you, God, that we are impacting the lives of hundreds if not thousands of people across the globe i pray bless the giver as they give god i pray use these finances effectively god to touch the lives of many people in your wonderful name amen thank you for listening to this week's podcast from faith christian church to stay up to date check us out at our website faithcc.com.au